It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Here's what I'm going to tell you. The college football chain is going to lie. I'm going to write a book on this one day. I'm, I'm going to write a book. And I, I wish, I, when he wrote those numbers, I said, my God, where's it at? I wish that would have happened. Yeah. I really had all that. I mean, I'm going to tell you this. The amount of NIL deals at A&M at that time, in all sports combined, he said we our class of $35 million. There was less than a million. There was right at a million dollars for all sports combined. Yeah. Those you know, that's why we. That's what upset me so much about it is that not that all right, you can insinuate all those things have always been said, guys, Bob, but you were insinuating the, the families of it. And I, I, I'm telling you, that was as far from the truth as anything was ever out there. And and the whole, here's here's a big thing: all of the media went and ran with that story as truthful without ever checking it. And I'm talking about the big dog. Well, I'm talking about all the people we regarded as highly re- respected guys. That college football changed on a lot. Well, I'm gonna write a book about it one day. Best part about that clip is the guy trying to talk and not being able to get a word in. <laughs> Must uh, have been his first awesome. interview with Jimbo there. Yeah, that was a big cat of Barstool Sports. I hope Jimbo writes a book someday. It'll be two thousand pages long and not have a period or an exclamation point or anything. It'll just be straight right. words the entire time. Yeah. Well, I guess here's the thing. I don't know what NIL deals they made and what they didn't make. Um, but if they only if they had less than a million dollars in NIL deals, then the Texas A&M fan base and donors got defrauded out of a uh, ton of money right less than one million uh, in all sports combined is what he said in il yeah i don't believe that well i don't believe the 35 million either that was reported by sliced bread but i don't i don't think it was less than one million it well here's the thing if they had less than a million in nil deals well then they were paying out large amounts of cash, like straight. Like, NIL is like the documented piece of it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And I, I there's just, there's no, there's no way. I, and I guess I, I, all I could do is take his word for it. I don't know. I don't have any inside knowledge of any of the deals that they made, but it sure had that feeling. And a lot of the players that they were signing. I don't know that they necessarily came straight out and said some of those things, but there was there was heavy implications from the players that they were signing. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the hoops game tomorrow? 5 p.m. ESPN Plus. 11th ranked Oklahoma against Iowa State at the Lloyd Noble Center. I, yesterday, whenever we were talking about it, and I said I don't know anything about the ISU hoops team, Toby Rowland says they're elite defensively. So Porter Moser says that as well. 
He may be onto something. That's all, now. All I know is that they're elite defensively. So that's what you're going off <laughs> of. Elite defensively. That's what I'm going right. off of. So Jim Heacock uh, coaches the. Uh, de- de- he's a defensive coordinator for football and for the basketball team. Yeah, they're going to run like some type of. Uh, like some type of, of trap where they've got three safeties? Is that what's going to happen here? <laughs> John Heacock. Rush three, drop eight defense is, is what you can yeah. expect tomorrow. Sure. Yeah. Points in the paint uh, could be hard to come by. Which I don't know how you or other folks feel about it, but that is the system that Zach Alley kind of leans on ah, a little bit more than BB does. Okay, interesting. Yeah. The uh, John now, Heacock approach, huh? I, I don't know. That doesn't necessarily mean that um, that that influences the direction that Oklahoma's going to go. Uh, but, you know, it is just noteworthy. It Maybe it just kind of fit his personnel that he had. And, you know, it, here's the thing. If, if you can't get game changers on the defensive line, then, you know, a three-man front, like if you got a bunch of backers, you got a room full of safeties, you know, sometimes it ain't a bad thing to get three safeties out there on the field if you've got maybe the best safety room in college football. You know what I'm saying? So I got you. There, there but are the way some, they've recruited, especially this class, you would think, you would hope that no doubt. defensive line play is about to be a lot better, a lot better, a lot more consistent, a lot more capable bodies, all of that. Yeah, that's my hope. That's uh, my hope. Real, real quick on basketball, and we'll move back to to Zach Alley. But you and I are just a couple of um, we're OU basketball idiots. fans. Well, oh, yes, okay. OU basketball <laughs> fans that are idiots. How about we just combine the two yeah, right there? Okay. No, I just you know this time of the year, we just we can't help ourselves. We have to go back to the Trey Young year where they're just rolling. And the ESPN BPI, remember when they predicted the fall off was going to happen? And we oh, doubted yeah. it, and it happened. So, it's like, this time every single year we check the basketball power index. OU's rolling right now. Um, basketball power index, and I haven't seen a betting line. They give OU a 42% chance to win tomorrow. The BP- really? The BPI does not love OU the next 10 games. According to the BPI, huh. they think OU goes three and seven its first ten conference games. Wow! Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. You know, in hindsight, on the Trey Young situation, like it, it, it seemed a little bit easier to spot because it was kind of a one man show, and I mean, as soon as teams figured out, we're just gonna do everything we can to keep the ball out of his hands, then it made life really difficult on Oklahoma. And this team doesn't seem to be a one-trick pony, but I don't know. I I don't know what, what they're leaning on there, what metrics they're looking at. Now, Iowa State's we were, top ten in Ken Palm. Thank you for that, Peyton. So they're not okay. ranked, but, in you know, you look at the analytics of some things, they're, they're a really good basketball team, better than they're valued. Yeah. yeah. Which I, you know, that's going to be the case in this conference. We know that um, pretty much everyone, outside of maybe a, a, a team or two, and maybe even those teams are going to be really good. It's going to be there's not going to be any guaranteed wins in this conference, and I I got to imagine they do better than 
three and seven over their next ten, but it's going to be hard to be like way above five hundred. Well, when when half of those games are on the road at TCU, at Kansas, at Cincinnati, at Kansas State, at UCF, for sure. But here's the thing: like if you you're hoping that they're a lot better than three and seven, I don't think tomorrow's game would tank the season if they lost it. But, dude, it's a really it's a really important game. And you're still going to be yeah. in the top 25 if you don't win it. But just with the – like, your second and third games in the league, at TCU and at Kansas, you're going to be an underdog in both of those games. So I think it's yeah. really important to get off to a nice start in conference play, 1-0, protect your home floor. Because if we have hopes of this team being a top four, top five seed – it's kind of one of those games that you need to win, Iowa State at home. And I, yeah. I, I do think that they're a better basketball team than where they're ranked right now, and maybe that proves to be true at the end of the year. But still, you've got Iowa State at home. Um, you're going into league play 12-1. and one. Like Just go, go out and win this game tomorrow, and then we'll talk about a split at TCU and at Kansas. It, but it, yeah. this is a, it's a big game tomorrow, man. Make no mistake about it. Yep. No, it's um... – it is, and you want to carry momentum that you've got going right now, right? You've, you're finally getting some people talking about you, and there's some buzz locally about people wanting to show up and, and, and see you play because it's an exciting brand of basketball. You don't want to, you don't want to you know, stymie that coming into, into conference play. And I'm, I'm excited about Just it. Just need man. to get I'm, off to a better start in the first half than the last two games. Like you still felt good going into or coming out of the non-conference. Like no mm-hmm. one predicted that they'd be the number eleven team coming out of the non-con. But the way they played those last two games, especially in the first half, it's ah okay. Don't let that be a theme in conference play. Feel like right. they're better than that. Well, you know, one of the things I wonder is they started off the season they were red hot from three, right? Um, has that eased much, or are they still? I I need to go. I'd have up. to go look at the numbers. I, I I guess to be quite honest with you, I feel like it's it, maybe been more of an issue on the defensive side the the past two games than anything. Gotcha. Yeah, man. Because I'm looking at the team right now. They got. I got a bunch of guys that are shooting above forty percent from three. So, I mean, it's. It was thirty-two. Many... It was thirty-two twenty-eight against Monmouth at halftime. The last time they played, yeah. And against Central Arkansas, it was fifty to forty-two at the end of the first half. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, I hopefully McCollum can get it back rolling where he's he's red hot again. Um, you know, because he he was looking like one of the best guards in the country there oh, yeah. for a bit and, and not not that he's fallen off and has played played horribly he he wasn't great against North Carolina and I think some of that maybe in hindsight is expected and I'm glad they went into that big environment and you know like let's see what it's like to play in a unfamiliar gym in uh, foreign territory against a really good opponent and you make a lot of it before you even get in there, and that kind of, you know, I, I think hopefully they learned a lot from that performance, I guess is what I'm saying here. Hopefully so, because uh, they're going to Allen Fieldhouse uh, a week from tomorrow. 
let's let's hope they learned a lot. And they go up there and get a win for the first time in 30 years. How sweet would that be? Be great. Be great. Did you – uh, I feel like a lot of OU fans, and honestly myself included, didn't really know about Zach Alley until about two days ago, or really since yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did you know anything about Zach Alley before yesterday? No. The only thing – well, I still really don't know anything about him other than, you know, what – what little I've been told and, and what I've read, but I I do know that, and I can't remember when I had the conversation. I can't even remember who it was with, but I do know that there was there was always a a, a line of thought that at some point BV was going to go after him to join the staff. That's really all I've I've known. I mean, I know he played at Clemson. He Came up through the coaching ranks there when Venables was, was there. I think his dad played at Clemson for the national championship team um, back in 81. Uh, what was it, 81? Yeah. So, like, like, that's all I really know is, is different things that you can gather from, from some small conversations and what you can read out there. But I know that. I know that there's there's plenty of people that think he's going to be really successful in the business, and he's one of those guys that is 100% eaten up with the sport. And got to be like a pig in the coaching. mud. Got to be like a pig in the mud. That's right. That's what he is. Britt well, says it all the time. Well, and and that's it. He is. I don't think he's one of those super ambitious type of guys that is out there seeking some huge contract like in huge recognition i think he it sounds to me like he's a guy that loves to be in the weeds like loves the loves the coaching part of it loves the recruiting part of it loves the game planning part of it the networking like everything that comes with it it sounds like he just is totally eaten up with it well, that so, that'll mix in well with take the, that the, for what it is. Like head coaches and I don't, here. I don't know any of that from my own experience. It's all just been you know secondhand. That's that's kind of what I've been told. I'll teach you something that you didn't already know about Zach Alley that you'll like. How about this, <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty, the year before he got to Jacksonville State, they were the number one twenty five, hundred twenty fifth ranked rushing defense in the FBS. Year before he got there in 2020, his first year, they ranked 69th in rush defense Hey-o. in 2021. Actually, that was at ULM. Sorry. Nice. Yeah. What an improvement. He approved, improved just to the right number. Didn't get too good. You don't want to get higher He's than He's got 69. a sense of humor. That's what we've just learned. Love it. And uh, saw Love the Warhawks it. improve in the national rankings in 11 of the 14 defensive categories from 2020 to 2021. So there's not a lot of years on his resume as a defensive coordinator, as a backers coach, but it seems like in most, if not every stop that he's had, the year that he's got there, the defensive numbers have improved quite nicely across the board. Well, I think that we should be able to improve a lot of our numbers across the board. Um, We did not – there was a point – during the season, what the first half of the season we were playing, 
like statistically really good defense and what we were top 10 in the country in a bunch of categories right well had to be you shut out arkansas state smu scored what once or just like 13 i think or yeah it was 11 tulsa had some success but you held them to a relatively low number so yeah i'm sure playing really good and then and then we uh, slowly but surely opened up the fluid gates there down the stretch. Uh, some injuries were a factor in that. Yeah, I think until the what like because shot out Arkansas State eleven against SMU, seventeen to Tulsa, six to Cincinnati, just twenty to Iowa State. I think up to that point you were playing really good defense, and then um, the UCF game. Texas is what it is. UCF game, you gave up more than you wanted there, and then injuries happen, and you just kind of, kind of folded at that point. A yeah, little, you a did. little bit. Hey, let me uh, let me kind of tease the upcoming segment. It's four o'clock on a Friday, so we're doing our under the radar segment. But how about like under the radar storylines for OU's first year in the SEC? We talk about offensive line, right? We talk about some other things. Under the radar storylines that we need to discuss. For OU's first year in the SEC next year. Text them in, 405-651-3439. Let us know. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of them. We know some of the the big storylines, but there's going to be a lot of stuff uh, in the weeds that we need you guys to help us out with. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Remember, 80K winning resolutions giveaway here at Riverwind. All card holders. Drawings every Friday. Five points is one entry plus five times entries on Mondays and Tuesdays. And preliminary drawings at 6 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. Three winners every 30 minutes will receive up to 500 of cash or 1,000 in bonus play here at Riverwind. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Have you or someone you know suffered a loss to your home or business from the recent storms? Before you accept a settlement, call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. Brown O'Haver is a local-based company helping Oklahomans with claims since 1988 with preparation and expert analysis detailing your loss and insurance settlement. As your trusted consultant, Brown O'Haver can give you peace of mind and make sure you're getting what... Dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. It's a Friday on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. It's time for our Under the Radar segment brought to you by Boy Street Ventures. Boy Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising Under the Radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. All right, Under the Radar topic today is Under the Radar storylines for OU's first year in the SEC. And I had a couple of down. I, I thought at least one of these would uh, be taken by the time I, I get to, to my turn. And I was right. Cherokee Sooner says, under the radar storyline is the battle for the starting kicking job. Liam Evans, Zach Schmidt, Tyler Keltner. Huh. I do think kicker is under the radar storyline for next year. Kicker doesn't matter until it matters, right? <laughs> well, it mattered a few times this year. At least it felt like it did. I know it. I know it. It's one of those things It's like, oh, hell, who cares who the kicker is? Well, I'm guilty of that um, until it's time to make some uh, some clutch kicks. And 
over the past couple of years, man, that's last two years kicker has been a large factor for us, not in a good way, right? We we could have been in a, a different boat in some games uh, for sure if we had yeah. made some of those big kicks. The joke everyone makes is the burrito joke, and it used to be funny, but now I'm like, God, did something really get cursed around here with that burrito <laughs> kick? Zach Schmidt had a good no start to the year a couple of years ago, but it went south uh, at the back half of that year. Yeah, it's it's got to be a lot better. 918 says the beer prices in the stadium will go over $10 in the SEC next year under the radar wow. storyline. Are they not already Man. over $10? They're under $10 Dang. right now. That's a steal for game day they- prices. We are expecting price gouging coming up at SEC uh, football games next year. I am not huh. condoning it in any way. All I'm saying is that Tennessee and other places, they sneak fireball in their boots. That's what they do. Not condoning Golly. it. Golly. Not promoting it, though. I remember a picture from one from a football game. I think it was at Tennessee. And someone just took a picture after the game, like, just down their aisle, what it looked like down, just like the row of seats they were sitting in. And there had to be 50 liquor bottles on that, <laughs> just that single row alone. Nice. <laughs> I mean, just uh, like your feet were, you were walking in a. Imagine that road trying to walk down the stairs to get out of the stadium. I bet that was oh amazing. Oh, my gosh. The content I want to Unbelievable. see. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Five-star Randy says, under the radar would be a deep SEC-ready running back room. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I. we're not going to find that out, though, until, well, they get into SEC play. I'm telling you, man, I am, I am concerned about the running back room. It's probably... It's probably my top concern. Over offensive line. Really? Yeah. Don't even know who all the members of the offensive line will be next year. Well, that's one of the reasons it's not not a huge concern for me right now. And uh, we've definitely had some offensive lines that were better than others, but we haven't had any bad offensive lines, and I don't think we're going to have a bad offensive line next year. Uh, I think we'll be. Well, I think we'll end up being solid. Well, I don't know what the, yeah. the best five is going to end up being, but I think we'll end up having a good five out there, and I think we'll be solid. Like this year, our offensive line was far better than what our rushing numbers ended up. being. Well, if you're going to be solid on the offensive line next year, that's fine. But if you're going to make a playoff next year and win ten plus games your first year, can you be solid at both running back? and offensive line with a sophomore quarterback, first-year starter, and get there? Like, it, it almost feels like one or the other has to be really good. Well, if they're both yeah. just solid, it's going to be pretty difficult. I, I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, my baseline for where our offensive line is going to be is solid, right? Um, I'm just telling you right now, in the Big 12 this season – with what our offensive line did and and how we blocked, we should have been so much better running the football. It, it's not even funny. I mean, all of the frustrations we had 
are were running back related problems in the running game. Like we're blocked up. We got a hat on a hat. You got to make guys miss. You got to run through tackles. We have to lead the country in getting ankle picked at running back, where just one guy is lunging, you know, scooping a hand at an ankle and clipping our feet and knocking us down. It it happens way too much. Yeah, especially early in the year, it did for sure. Yeah, my under the radar storyline first year in the SEC is how they've played on the road the past two years. Oh because, my god! Because if like if I'm looking at next year's schedule. I could make a very strong argument that five of your six toughest games will be away from Norman. At Mizzou, at Auburn, at Ole Miss, at LSU, throw the Texas game in in Dallas, and then the Alabama game at home, right? So five of six away from Norman, four of six are true road games. Well, let's look and see how OU fared on the road this year. They won at BYU, thank God for Billy Bowman. That was a close game. They lost at Oklahoma State. They lost at Kansas. They won at Cincinnati, but feel like they left some things on the table offensively. And you go back to last year where they lost at Tech and uh, a couple of other games as well. So it just hasn't been a great road team the past couple of years, and the majority of your tough games are away from home next season. Yeah. Um, I saw something today, and I don't know if it's true, but – I think it is. So, we are leaving now. We lost our last game in Stillwater, our last game in Lubbock, our last game in Lawrence, our last game in Morgantown, this isn't fun. our last game in Fort Worth, yeah, not fun. and our last game in Waco. <laughs> Is that crazy or what? Uh, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that hurts. Saying it out loud, that hurts. Isn't that, it's just, I saw that that tweet from someone, and I was like, my initial reaction was, that's not true. And then, like, a second later, I was like, oh, hang on a second. Yeah, I think that is true. Now, I think they mentioned K-State in there, but that one was incorrect. The only thing that's going to make you forget that is if you get um, your first wins at LSU, your first win at Ole Miss, your first win in right. Auburn, and your first win in – well, not your first win in Columbia, Missouri, but you know what I mean there. Right. Being a hell of a lot better yeah. on the road this year, maybe the only thing that helped that out. Do you have an under-the-radar storyline, first year in the SEC? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily – under the radar or not, but I think one of the the big factors in how good we we are going to be next year, especially on offense, is how good does our tight end room become between now and then. And I think there's a chance that it becomes pretty good. I I think it can, at a minimum, be massively improved over what it was this year. I think that you're going to have um, like more capable bodies out there. How about that? Like Bauer yeah. Sharp is such a wild card. You know, like it, it seems like he's really athletic and can do some different things for you. Like the ceiling for him could be pretty high. Um, he's coming in. I, I think they'll probably end up getting Jake Roberts from Baylor, who's in the portal. Norman North. Oh, what's the latest on that situation? Last I heard, he's 
probably going to take a visit uh, at some point this week, maybe even today. And then, of course, Devon Mitchell, who has the highest ceiling of any one of them at all, and you're hoping that he's the next great OU tight end. That, and hopefully you get Caden Helms back healthy this year and he's ready to go, that it – it should be better this year. I it it, but yeah, it needs to be, man. It yeah. Doesn't need to just be better. It needs to be a lot better, a lot, a lot better. better. I mean, it was it was a liability for us, and and again, I want I don't want that to sound like it is a shot at Stogner. It's just because of what ended up happening with us numbers wise at tight end. Like Stogner ended up doing something that he's not best at for the entire season. And I thought he got way better at it and ended up doing a pretty good job. But we need to have tight ends playing tight end and catching balls and being a threat in the passing game. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. Nobody covers your team like the ref. If it's Sooner News and talk you want, it's right here, all season long. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Radio Sports Network, KREF.com, and worldwide on the KREF app. If you're looking for a no-appointment-needed doctor's visit, head to Norman Regional's walk-in clinics in Norman and a luxury apartment for rent in Norman. The Falls at Brookhaven offers stunning two- and three-bedroom spacious floor plans with large walk-in closets, washer and dryer hookup, and a fabulous kitchen in a well-maintained, calm environment. From plush carpet to sleek stainless steel appliances to a pool, 24-hour fitness, and two dog parks, the Falls at Brookhaven has it all. Call our locally owned and operated community at 405-701-8233 or go online to the Falls at Brookhaven brookhaven.com for a free tour and see what living in luxury is like. So what caught Teddy's eye brought to you by Yalagazny Law. Have you heard hiring a lawyer makes your insurance claim take even longer? Not at Yalagazny Law. They work to keep your claim moving forward and fight delay at every turn. That's Yalagazny Law 405-800-8080. 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is what is the deal with Ole Miss slamming Judkins on his way out of town as he hit the transfer portal. You seen this? Who's Jackson doing that, Dart? Kiffin or, or fans or players? Which or Well, all three? Uh, Jackson Dart had some social media post that people think was aimed at him. There's stories coming out about how he was, you know, treated the offensive line a certain way mm. and all kind. like they're roasting him on his way out of town, and I'm just wondering is – is it sour grapes, or I wonder if there's something to it? I bet both. Soured grapes, yeah. but they were going to deal with it as long as he was the two-time All-SEC back, you know? Yeah. Now that he's gone, it's like, God, that stinks. Let's, yeah, let's let's show some sour grapes on his on his way out here. Apparently his asking price is, um, oh boy, pretty, pretty hefty salary there for that guy well, potentially coming. If anything, the uh... – the stories or the claims that are being made may hurt that asking price a little bit, but um, last we'll ditch see. effort for Ole Miss sabotage his reputation. Yeah, and hope that he comes back. That's a brilliant move. Well, I don't think he's coming back, but maybe won't see uh, as much money. Um, I thought this was this was big news for Ohio State. Um, the Jack Sawyer the defensive end which i think he was like the number one overall recruit at some point uh a couple years ago big good looking defensive end a lot of people weren't sure what he was going to do 
but he's back to Ohio State. That's a big move for them, uh, getting him back. And then I guess the Will Howard thing is official, Yeah. right? Oh, buddy, it's as official as it could be. He's already calling Michigan that team up north. He's already done that. It's crazy. I don't understand it. Um, here is here is the quote: "Beating that team up north is priority number one on the way to the national championship and all of our other goals." I know the implications of what it means to the fan base. That's the team up north now. Yeah, that's awesome. That's all I've got today. Gunner Gundy, son of Oklahoma huh. State coach Mike Gundy, he was in a transfer portal. Now he's chosen a school. Gunner Gundy will be playing at OU next year. Gunner Gundy to OU, Ohio University. Ah, I was I was waiting. I was like, "Is there punches? Is he playing? Is he doing uh, lacrosse or something? Who was it that uh, uh, transferred to play with lacrosse?" Yeah, he left Alabama. Uh, that's interesting. Tyler Buckner, I think, left Alabama to go back to. Yeah, that's right. that's uh, right. Ohio University. They consider themselves uh, as OU as well. Gunner Gundy playing for OU, just not the Crimson Bob Creek. Bobcats, right? Yeah. The, the, the I don't Ohio even Bobcats. know who's coaching there. Uh, Solich was there for Solich a while. Solich there forever and had a lot of yeah. success there, if I remember correctly. Did some nice things, yeah. How about Very th- th- cool. This is cool, and I think we even brought this up with, with Bob Stoops at one point last year. Army shifted away from the triple option. Now apparently they're shifting back to the triple option. <laughs> they they moved away from it for a year. I don't. I I didn't follow Army this year. I I, I think they ended up five and seven. I, I want to say because um, because they lost at Army Navy. No, they won. Maybe they finished six and six. Whatever. They they didn't have a, a great year. Um, at least what some people thought. Back to the triple option for those guys. Got to say I love it. That's how it should be. That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I I like it too. I think it's probably best for them. But I wonder what the, I wonder what that's all about. I wonder wonder what the reasoning is, because you know I thought if anything moving away from it may help them in recruiting, especially at some skill positions. But maybe they figure it's just not going to be enough to bridge the gap. Yeah. I don't know. They are promoting their quarterbacks coach to the offensive coordinator, and that's that's kind of the deal. Is that they're they're going to mm. run the triple option again. Uh, Chris Del Conte, Texas AD, had a uh, had a statement to the newspaper, the Austin American Statesman, that yeah, he and Sark are going to sit down here shortly, and they're going to hammer out a new deal for a contract extension. That's not surprising. They just had the best season since two thousand nine. Starting to feel like he's going to be there long term, though. He's their long term guy. Yeah, because I don't I see Sark leaving Texas for anywhere else. No, I don't see him. I mean. There, there's only a handful of places that are an upgrade uh, from Texas, and you kind of probably have to win a national championship at Texas before you'd ever be in consideration for any of those. It, the, the way, right? yeah, um, Nick Saban's not going to coach forever. I, maybe he will. Maybe he'll be the first one to, to coach forever. But I'm sure Alabama fans having the conversation of, well, when is he going to retire and who would take over? I wonder if Sark's going to start to be that name for Alabama fans or college football fans. Because it used to be Dabo, remember? Oh, when Saban yeah. retires, Dabo will leave Clemson and he'll go to Alabama. I don't know if Bama fans want Dabo now. I wonder if Sark would be their number one target to, to replace Saban with. Hell, they probably Maybe think they're going to get the jo- uh, Kirby Smart to come back, knowing them. Yeah, for the moment, it's probably Sark, but... 
you know, whenever they uh, caught Texas on a good year, I, I'm I'm curious to see what Texas does next year. I don't losing I'm, a lot of production in the trenches on the yeah. defensive line, man. A lot, a lot, and and a lot of skill position players. I'm I'm just curious to see see what it looks like from them. So, yeah, I don't know. I I don't even know who else you'd even begin to look at, right? So, they, they don't have an don't assistant know. on staff that they feel like they uh, – or it feels like that they would just promote from within. So, who knows? Doesn't feel like right now. Man, there's been a lot of big stories this week. Of course, Zach Alley reported as the next defensive coordinator. Uh, you got a couple of portal ads yesterday, the Ted Roof news. But I don't think the text line has loved a single story more this week than the uh, Sugar Bowl flasher, what we saw on Bourbon Street during the Texas-Washington <laughs> game. TMZ is Very now nice. reporting that whoever she is, and no one can track her down and find her, but whoever she is, she has an offer on the table for $100,000 to perform a one-hour webcam show with some webcam company, I guess. They can't track her down. They can't find her. But she'll get hundred k if she does a one-hour webcam show. Oh, my gosh. Well... I'll just have to wait and hear the news on that one because uh, <laughs> I'm going to opt out of that one. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't blame you on that one. But same here. Jeez. Okay. Talia Targavailoa. <laughs> last one I have to his little brother. He's in the portal. Feel like he had a pretty good career there at Maryland. He's a grad transfer. He's going to go play quarterback elsewhere <laughs> next year. I. Th- he's another guy that it's starting to feel like he's been there for a really long time, right, in college? I feel like, was he a, How many years was he a he three-year starter? I, I, on, he may have been a three-year starter at Maryland. That's how long it's felt. At least. At least, yeah. That's interesting. And he's, you know, if you go check out his numbers, and I don't, I never really watched them play, his numbers are actually really impressive for, you know, what, what Maryland had to offer around him as, as far as offensive line and, skill position and stuff so i mean that's an interesting one we'll see where he ends up all right quick time out more from the rush coming up we'll come back and wrap up our number two next talking sooner football is what we do this is the ref there are trucks then there's the truck gmc sierra with available features like the v8 engine the ultimate luxury interior and of course the Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bring you the sour of the rush on Friday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I think we just brought up Jake Roberts last segment, right? Uh, Baylor transfer portal tight end. During the break, someone sent out a photo. I I guess it was a photo was taken on Instagram. Someone took a screenshot of it and put it out. He is on campus right now, actually. And not only that, he's on campus with his little brother, who is a four-star tight end in the 25 class and the number five tight end in the country. So, I, yeah, the older Roberts brother could help out the tight end room next year, but little brother could really help it out for the future as well. And I'm sure getting older brother would help out your recruitment of little brother too. Jake and Nate. Hey, Jake. I bet that's exactly Uh, what Brent said to him when he pulled up today. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, there's um, be a nice little duo there, a uh, nice big duo, actually. 
and sure up your tight end room for the time being and add some future to it as well. Is he, what, a four-star prospect? Four-star, number two player in the state, according to rivals, number five tight end. 24 player, right? 24. Uh, no, Roberts 25 is 25. Class. Yeah, he'll Sorry. be a senior this, this next year. Yeah. Nice. 6'4", 230 is what he's listed at. Right okay. Now. Back-to-back state champs out there at Washington. No big deal. Athletic? Like, what's his what's his specialty? Is he route runner? Well, I think at 6'4", 230, he can, kind of, he can do both, man. I yeah. think that's the thing with him. Yeah. He caught the, not this past state championship, but this state championship before, caught the uh, game-winning touchdown late in the oh, game. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Um and how big is older brother? Six four, six five. Yeah, probably right around. I can get the exact measurables for for Jake Roberts here momentarily, but he ain't yeah. small. Uh, Twenty three. Baylor has him listed at six five, actually. And how much? Six five. Pounds? Oh man, six five two forty eight is what Baylor has him listed okay. at last year. Two hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, that's that's about where you you want to be. For me, unless you are a, a a really impressive route runner and going to be a like a majority as a passing threat, uh, I think two fifty is kind of the number you need to get to and start at. And then, you know, as a as a pass catcher, you can you can ease in on that a little bit if you're going to be a guy that splits away from the core and is you know plays in the slot. And is trying to run routes and and make plays o- over safeties and, and defensive backs. So, which we need as well. You know, you what you'd ultimately like to have is a tight end group that has. You want three guys that can play. You want uh, like your superstar that can do everything. You want your hand down guy, and then you want your uh, like a your blocking specialist that kind of moves and plays the fullback position for you and can do all of the, the tough blocking part of it. I mean, really you would want those three type of guys. And then when you got three tight ends, that's whenever you can really put the pain to defenses and defensive coordinators on how they're trying to call the game, like what what they want to be in, trying to decide like what you're trying to do with the personnel group. Well, that Jordan – yeah, George. If Kirby Smart's listening right now in Athens, he probably is. He's nodding his head right now. Yep, he, he's got it. It's what we do. What we do yeah. out here. By the way, uh, Baker is a full go tomorrow, uh, or on Sunday, I should say, according to head coach Todd Bowles. We said yesterday, just don't lose to Carolina. Just don't lose to Carolina. Well, he has a rib injury, but oh. he's a full go, according to the head coach. But again, man, just don't lose to Carolina get that playoff spot i i can't imagine as a quarterback there's like a worse injury than a rib injury because you're sitting duck back there any anyway. pressure is magnified in that situation oh yeah gosh. and the torque and everything that you have to to have to to throw a football against nfl coverage to zip it in there make sure that the dbs can't get to it I mean, all that twisting, rotation, and extending the arm, it just has to be hell on a rib injury throwing the ball. 
That's tough. Just I flick, hate that form. Flick the wrist. Just throw it up to Mike Evans every time, however far flick you can throw wrist. it. Flick the wrist. There you go. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour is next here from Riverwind. Hey, Sooner fans, we've got you covered. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365.